going to be a 2022. Uh, he just got granted another year to go back to Farmingham. He's supposed to be a 21 NFL draft prospect, but he's going to be 2022 now. Uh, just got done with the BSN Combine. Joshua Onajiogo, right? Onajiogo, but it was close enough. Onajiogo. I don't want to butcher it. Joshua Onajiogo from Farm- Farmingham State. He's 6'3", 254 pounds. He just got done with the BF- BSN standout. I mean, it was a BSN standout at the Combine. Looking terrific. So, uh... Uh, let, let me get into it. When, when did you first start playing football, and, and where are you from? You're from the New England area? Yeah, so I'm from a small town in the Cape, uh, Wareham uh, High School. Um, I started playing since I was five in Pop Warner football, and it just it took off from there. I formed a love for the sport. Awesome. And, and what's uh, uh, what, what positions did you play uh, when you first started playing football? When did you first start playing uh, defensive end or, or edge rusher? So when we were in Pop Warner, I was, we were little, so we were playing. I think my first position I played ever was a center. So you, could, you can get the, uh, a picture of that. But I started forming my actual position once I got into higher level of Pop Warner. So around 14, 13 years old, I started playing outside linebacker, defensive end. Awesome. You played all your all your games uh, so far. You've played at Farmingham, right? 36 games you've played. Correct. Quite a career. I have it up there on the screen. 160 tackles, 22 and a half sacks. Um, coming out of high school, what, what made you decide to go to Farmingham? And was there any other colleges that were interested in you? So, Framingham State is actually the only college I applied to, only football team that I spoke to. I um, got caught, in the, caught up in the recruiting process. I went to a small school, so exposure was a big problem for me. Um, so... Once it got down to crunch time where I needed to pick a school and figure out where I was going to be playing at, I didn't have um, any D1 offers or D2 offers. So I found Framingham State, and they they welcomed me in, and I haven't left since. And having such a a good career over there, you got to start, like I said, 36 games, and and you've had so many tackles, and and 22.5 sacks is pretty impressive. Uh, What do you attribute all your success to on the team? Um, is, it, is it the coaching? Do you feel like they put you in a really good position or they just used you a lot? Um, I feel like they, they really just saw that I can do many things and kind of built a scheme around me and some other players in um, at Framingham State. So I would definitely put my success with me and my teammates. I would definitely give my um, coaches some credit, but I feel like... I came there in there as a young freshman wanting to do one thing, and that's to play football. And would you say you feel more comfortable with your hand in the dirt or standing up? Um, so they had my hand in the dirt for three years, and then my last year, so my junior year, they had me standing up a little bit. And I'm comfortable in both, um, really. I do feel like I can get to point A and B just as fast as if I was in the stance. And what would you say one of your uh, best games, individual and as a team, was so far with uh, Farmingham? So that that team's going to be the same for both questions. Um, We picked up Brockport, an upper state New York team. Um, They got a couple national titles under their belt. They're a really good program. 
and it was the second year we played them. The first year we played them was in the playoffs, first round. We lost by, I think, a touchdown or so. It was a really good game. But then the next year leading up to that, um, we picked them up on our schedule. And we, we shut them out. We lost because our offense threw two pick sixes. But we, as a defense, we shut them out the whole game. It was 0-14. So I feel like that was my best game individually and as a team. Perfect. And, and and you had quite a bit of awards already. Your first team all-conference, Cliff Harris finalist, uh, first team New England, I believe. What, what was the, your biggest award on the field uh, so far in, in college? So, so far would be being a preseason All-American. COVID kind of messed that up because we didn't have a season after that. But ever since I was a freshman, I've always wanted to be uh, All-American in football. So I would definitely say that's my biggest accomplishment that I've gotten on the field. Yeah, the pandemic was rough. And, and you know, I mentioned on the show before, it's, it's, it seemed to be even a little rougher on the guys in the Northeast and, and the guys up in California as well. Uh, pretty much on the coasts, everything yep. closed down really hard and uh, hard to go to gyms, hard to, you know, get with the trainers or, you know, do the things that you normally do. Right. Um, what is, uh, how did you keep yourself in shape during the pandemic and, and how did you keep your me- mentality strong? Yeah, so um, I have a really great relationship with uh, my gym. I've been going there since, since I was a sophomore in high school and they stayed on top of me, made sure that I was getting the right training and getting the right equipment that I needed to pursue my dream. So I wouldn't say the pandemic was the worst thing that could happen to me because it was really grind time for me. It was wake up, go to the gym, make sure you eat and repeat it Monday through Friday. So um, yeah, I wouldn't say the pandemic was all that bad for me. Unless was something I was going to ask you. What, what, what is something good that the pandemic taught you? Uh, obviously, it got you into some good discipline. Um, you know, what, what, what's a lesson you could take away from this last year? Um, a lesson would be stay humble. And not, not, don't get too much. Don't get an airhead, basically, what I'm trying to say. is by being in this pandemic, you can go two ways. You can see what you need to get better at and do that or you can get complacent and think that you're the best and come out the next season and it, it goes goes down into the dirt. So like I, I definitely think by staying humble and realizing what I have to get better at would answer that question. So they, they granted you another year. When, when did you find out that you, you, you're gonna have this final year? Uh, we, we found out, it was, it was in the air probably about six months ago, so we weren't totally sure if we were going to have it. But probably in the last month, we got the, the definite word that we're going to be playing in the fall. So that was good. So so you were able to, a lot of times, if guys are draft eligible or not yet, they're not able to do the combine. So you were able to do the BSN, kind of like a junior pro day, basically. Um, right. I did. So I did that one, and then I just came back from Ohio from doing another junior pro day. Nice. Well, I mean, I got the, the, the numbers from Coach Jay Wilson, gave them to yep. me. I had quite a few guys over there myself, so I was excited to see the numbers, and, and, and your numbers jumped out to me, especially with your size, you know, being 6'3", 250-plus pounds, jumping at 35 and a half vertical is, is very impressive. 
you have the, the 4 4 uh, 4 Pro Agility. Um, the broad jump looking good at 124 and a half. Uh, I like the three cone. And, and of course, you put up 18 on the bench as well. Uh, what, what, what area do you feel you did the best? And what's an area that you feel you could have done better? So I've always been comfortable with my my field work. So my field work, my pro agility, my three cone. I, I really like doing those those drills in those combine tests. So I feel like that's stuck out to me. Um, I have to work on my bench press and my 40. I gained about 40 pounds in the last two, two and a half months. So I think that hindered some of my times with those. But um, that's what I'm focused on getting better. I want to I get back to running my low four sixes and um, putting the bench up for 20 plus reps. And going into that, I mean, that, going into an event like that and the event you just got back from, um, how, how do you prepare yourself? Is the training any different than your regular training? Take me through a, a, a basic training week leading up to a, a pro day. So probably a month month before um, your pro, uh, pro day or combine, you want to you wanna hit, hit these lifts and um, try to get the, the size and the power and all that while you're doing it. Um, within that month, so once the weeks start cranking down and you're getting closer to your combine, I'll take a break from the lift and really work on my technique and my timing and my steps and what's going to shave off that hundredth of a second when you're timing those um, those drills. So I would definitely say that I would calm the strength and conditioning part of it down and go back to my speed and agility. Awesome. And, and, and getting done with the BSN, were you able to talk to any scouts or NFL teams, CFL, anybody there or afterwards? Um, I feel like I definitely stood out when I kind of like exposed myself in a good way. Um, a couple, I talked to some CFL scouts and I talked to some NFL guys, but once they realized that I was going back uh, for another year, I kind of shocked them. Um, because I was sticking out with the kids that don't have a year left or have been trying to get into the league. I came fourth overall, all positions, and graded out the, the best. Yeah. But, um, yeah, I didn't talk to too many because of that reason. Like, I guess there's rules and, and stuff like that because I'm still going to school. But yeah. I would talk to a couple people. Yeah, they really can't get into it too much. Uh, you know, I guess they could show a little interest or whatever. Uh tell you you know maybe they go check you out but it's good to get out there just to uh get to know a couple of them for when your pro day comes up this year uh try to get somebody or if you have to go to another school's pro day to be able to have the scouts to recommend that you be there because they want to see you so yeah. um, so that's good that you were able before to I have a, a season I, that's what i was trying to do i was trying to talk to my school to get me into another pro day but I had some scouts, uh, a scout from Houston and Washington, come up to the school and make my profile for the 2022 draft. So that's why I kind of stopped going to these junior pro days and such. Yeah, Washington's been working hard. I tell you what, they're out there hustling, man. They're talking to a lot of players that I talk to. So uh, I know they're doing their homework. They want to get over that hump, I guess. Uh, they're right there in the playoffs. So uh, how about a uh, most influential person in your life, someone you know, that just keeps you going 
uh, striving towards your, your football dream? So mainly it's, it's really a, my family. My family is, is my rock. I'm a, I'm a homebody. I don't do much. I spend a lot of time with my um, five siblings. I live with my mother. But for football, my most, the most influential person would probably be my father. He put me into football at a young age and kind of guided me where to go because he came from a football life and my uncle came from a football life. So it's just, it's always been around for me and he's always been there through the ups and downs with me. Awesome. And have you played a lot of special teams? Yeah, so I came in freshman year to like, I think junior year, playing kickoff, special teams, punt return, all that stuff. I have a great motor, so I can I can do anything a coach asks me to do. And how important is film study to you? So yeah, I'm I'm a film rep, so I'll I'll grab a couple guys from the team and make sure we're on the same page when we're watching this film because that's the only people that are going to be on the field with me is my teammates, so they need to know what I know and vice versa. So, I, I, yeah, I spend a lot of time watching film and studying my opponent that I'm going to be going up on Saturdays with. Perfect. And, and tell me a NFL pass rusher current or or past that, yeah. that you love to watch their film. Thank you. Um, so I have two um, two guys. One's Darius Leonard. He's on the um, Colts. He's an outside linebacker. Yeah. I love his pursuit to the ball and his, his relentless effort, really. The, the second, yeah, the second person would be Khalil Mack, is because he's a more compact um, pass rusher, and he gets he can control those big offensive linemen in his motor. He can get the sack third third quarter, fourth quarter, and that's what wins you ball games. And looking at the NFL and guys like that, do you feel uh, there's any NFL defensive scheme that you fit in really well? Um, I really think I would fit into any defensive scheme, like a 4-3 or even a 3-4, because I feel like even though that my height isn't up with the defensive ends, I feel like I'm strong enough to be able to control those offensive linemen. Awesome, man. I'll give you an opportunity uh, to tell any scouts, GMs, or coaches, anybody from NFL or CFL teams. Uh, you know, now it's going to be next year, but under 2022 season, uh, why they should bring you into camp, why you'd be a good fit for the organization. So I really think I should I should definitely be a, a on your draft board because of my high motor and my relentless effort to the ball. I'm most comfortable on the field, physically, mentally. I feel like I can do anything with my athletic ability. Um, I'm very coachable. I've had all my coaches say I'm one of the most coachable players they've ever seen. I feel like the coach has the best interest in you, interest in you and the team. So the only things that would come out of my mouth if a coach said something to me is yes, coach, and I would fix it right then. But just know that I'll give you all my energy and would be excited to be on that level of football because that's one of my dreams. And as far as you know, is it going to be a regular season uh, in the fall? Yes, it should be a regular season. Okay, good. Yeah, because the spring thing's a little strange, the way they got it going. Yeah, we, we're not doing the spring thing. It's just we're setting off in August. I mean, it's good for some guys who, who can't come back. You know, they're redshirt seniors, and, and, and it's now or never, and, and it's better than nothing. 
but uh you know some of them are getting good film it just just a matter of who's doing good or not but man i think you're gonna do really well why not go back you're still 23 years old get some more film under you know you already got phenomenal stats you already got some good times under you now you have something you can go and improve upon next year come back do your pro day try to beat some of these numbers like you said get your bench up you know maybe maybe get a couple ticks at the clock on on a, on, on a couple of these tests so uh yeah right. it's definitely uh definitely you know it's got its perks you know it's been a disappointing year not being able to play and this and that but then you know certain things like this happen to where you get an opportunity to do something that you wouldn't be able to do um so you know we got to look at the bright side of those things and uh man i wish you all the well i appreciate you coming on the victory formation podcast thank you i appreciate your help in trying to get me out there awesome yeah i'll get you up there with your film uh i know you got some film from the bsn as well uh, yeah. I'll, put it, I'll put it all together and I, i'll get it out there and uh yeah good luck this year man thank you i also have uh, another um like a little highlight from my junior pro day would you like me to send that as well yeah send it over man i'll put it all together awesome all right man i appreciate you coming on the show thank you so much all right have a good night you too Welcome to the Victory Formation Podcast, where we elevate the underdogs of college and pro football. Uh, I'd like to introduce a new segment tonight called Deep-Seated Sleepers from uh, 21 NFL Draft Prospects. Uh, We're going to go by division. Uh, Tonight, we're going to do the AFC East. Uh, Try to look at some undrafted free agents and some late-round sleepers that would fit these teams in the AFC East. And uh, for that, I'd like to bring on my uh, co-host first, Michael Vogel, longtime Dolphins fan, uh, SMW scout, VFP scout, coach. Uh, thought I'd bring you on to talk about the Dolphins draft and uh, you know what, what, what they might do in the late rounds or even after the draft to add some value to this team. Let's go, man. I'm excited. I'm excited. Awesome, man. And then I, uh, you know, Unfortunately, I didn't have anybody to represent the Bills on short notice, uh, so we'll, we'll take care of the Bills at the end. But I was able to bring on uh, bring on a guy, uh, awesome guy, Dan Johnson from um, he's from the New England Scouting and Recruiting. Um, he's going to come on here and let's introduce him on. He's going to talk about the Patriots draft and uh, some late round gems and maybe some uh, really good sleepers. Uh, welcome to the show, Dan. What's up, Matt? What's up? What's up, Mike? How you guys doing? Great, brother. Great. Nice to uh, be on the show. Thanks for having me. Absolutely, man. Yeah, excited, man. You know, I did this for a couple of years. I used to do this with Draft Diamonds a lot. Uh, I would do this thing called Try Out Treasures, and I would usually do it after the draft um, just to try to get guys into that 90-man roster, which, you know, doesn't seem to be a thing right now, so... You know, a lot of these guys, these late round guys, hopefully, you know, some of the later round guys, maybe we help them to get, you know, definitely drafted in the late round or some of those, you know, other guys that are right on the cusp, give them an opportunity to uh, get into a camp here during a tryout. Right. Right. Let's rock, baby. So, yeah, I'll I'll, I'll get started with the uh, Jets. Uh, so I was looking at the Jets and uh, going over it a little bit. 
And I realize they need, you know, offensive guard seems to be a need. Uh, wide receiver seems to be a need. Cornerback is another area that they definitely need. And of course, quarterback, as we know, with the big trade, you know, they might get the guy from, um, what is it, uh, BYU? Oh, the quarterback, yeah, Wilson. Yeah, yeah Wilson, you know, I know they're high on him. Uh, I seen they were also looking for, at, at the quarterback uh, from from Stanford, David Spills. Looks like a fourth or fifth round guy. Uh, so there, there's a couple guys there. And then when I was looking over at the offensive guard position, uh, a guy came to mind I thought would fit them perfectly. Uh, DeAndre Smith from East Carolina. Uh, he's a guy. And then, you know, I seen him. He was he had like a sixth or seventh round grade on him. And now they're talking about fourth or fifth round on this guy after his senior bowl performance. I mean, he really kicked butt down there at Mobile. A mobile had a good week of practice, had a good week. He impressed the scouts, and now he's looking like a, a you know day four guy. Moving up the draft board. Yeah, so I mean, there is some you know if you going even later into the offensive lineman. I mean, now I had a chance. We had a chance to look at the tropical bowl. Um, yeah, sitting down there, I seen that you know the national team really stood out to me. The whole tropical bowl. We had Donovan Campbell on here, offensive tackle, but he has played some offensive guard. He looked good at left guard uh, up at the senior bowl during the practices. I mean, he didn't miss a beat. The young man, he might not be have the quickest feet on earth, but his his technical ability, he just knows how to play the game. And, and he's just a molar. He's really tough. He's strong. You know, he really toes the line. So he, he held it up big there for the national team. And, uh, there was another guy who I really think would fit the Jets really well that might have been the best all-around offensive line there. And that was uh, Samuel Cooper from Merrimack. He's uh, six foot two, 310 pounds, very natural. Uh, like I said, one of the top O-linemen there all week. Very fluid. Man, really looked good. He's yeah. a New England guy, right? New England guy. Merrimack's in New England College. He's from up there. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. Yeah, he could fit the New England Patriots. I mean, he would fit any one of those teams. Uh, he could play either guard position. Uh, he might have a little center in his in in his background, but uh, you know, I seen him playing the guard. Yeah, there's a uh, there's a guy out of Wisconsin Whitewater who might uh who showed up pretty good at the Senior Bowl too. His name is Quinn Miners. Yeah. Yes. Yes. That dude's a stud. <laughs> he's he's surely uh he surely did help himself. I mean, he was out there just mauling guys, like putting them on the ground. <laughs> he's just as unbelievable. And then I don't know if you guys saw it, but he had a workout video with that that you that he posted on YouTube of him working out in the woods. It was crazy. Yeah. Oh yeah, yeah. Was, they, have, they have him listed as a, a late round guy. You got to think he's going to go like. There, Before I that, wouldn't you? Third or fourth he's had round. a pro day. Yeah, I was thinking. I was thinking he he probably get through. Gets him is getting a steal. Yeah, I agree. A steal. Got a seventh round grade on him. Yeah. Seventh round grade. Yeah. yeah. In one of the magazines I I uh, I read, uh, they have him projected to go in the third round. So he certainly helped himself. 
I mean, it did did, uh, help that. I mean, uh, I didn't really understand why he didn't play in the game. I think he might have got injured, but I don't know. I mean, the guy... The, the guy seems like seems like he could play anywhere, like center guard, either the two either guard spots or center. Um, but yeah, he's just he's technically he's just so sound in that area. He's probably he's hall. I think, in my opinion, I think Hall of Famer and uh, probably like a. Um, a Travis Frederick who just retired or Zach Martin somewhere in there. Yeah. Yeah. He's got yeah, a little nasty. In nasty. He's got a little nasty in him too. I like definitely an all pro. De- yes. Future all pro. I agree. <laughs> I was going to suggest him for Buffalo. And then I kind of looked at him and I thought, mm, you know, he could be Vikings or Packers coming up from that way. He's kind of got that vibe to him. He kind of looks like a Green Bay Packer to me. Yeah, he just yeah, you know, he yeah. has that whole beard going for him. <laughs> yeah, or the Vikings, very similar, you know. They have a, they created a T-shirt. I don't know if you guys saw it, but it's him with his stomach hanging on. It's just it's it's going crazy. Prototypical old lineman. Yeah, love the senior bowl. I thought did pretty good. Um, that I was going to suggest for the Jets. Uh, he's center but also could play offensive guard. And that was uh, David Moore from Grambling State. And I see him moving up draft boards now since his performance down there. So, um, yeah, he looked really fluid, much like Samuel Cooper I was mentioning at the offensive guard, you know, in that 6263 range. But still, he's he's 320 pounds. Yeah. Um, you know, I, I know he caught some scouts' attention because he was pretty much a, a real late-round guy. Uh, going into it, not that many guys from Grambling State get invited to yeah. the Senior Bowl to begin right. with. So, yeah, yeah, hmm. they're, uh, those guys are. You don't, you don't see too many guys coming out of Grambling State. I mean, that can, that can play. Uh, uh, I shouldn't say that. I mean, they obviously they could play. The guy could play. A, a scout will find you and um, they'll invite you. But there are a lot of guys who don't get invited to the Senior Bowl and end up playing really well. I mean, Julian Edelman's a. I mean, I'm talking from a New England point of view here, but um, a guy who wasn't invited to the Senior Bowl. But obviously caught Bill Belichick's attention. So, <laughs> yeah. Well, those are the guys we're looking for. Yeah, yeah. But I call them grinders. The guys who just don't uh, give a shit and just go out and play and just give the all for the team. So, yeah, I think you know Matt and I have talked about this before. I think a lot of the guys that we cover and feature. In my opinion, I would take over some of these five-star guys. You guys know how know how to grind. Yeah. You know? Whereas you get some of these five-star guys in, in, in the camp, and they expect you know be the 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 stud right away, and you end up having to play special teams. They don't want any part of it. But these guys, man, they they're, every they're, one of these kids that we cover, they're fighting are, for a roster spot, man. Absolutely, yeah. So I mean, those are the guys that are gonna those are the guys that are gonna put up a fight. 
some guys, some guys that get get uh you know taken in the first round, you know, when they go up against those guys, they don't like it. And yeah, that's why they end up losing their jobs to these guys. Absolutely. <laughs> well, there's a plethora of good offensive linemen, you yeah. know, yeah. interior yeah. offensive linemen, you know, and I, I think uh, pretty much, you know, almost every team needs that right now. Um, right down the board, you know, I mentioned just a few of them, but there, there was a ton more. And, uh, you know, I know Buffalo Bills are going to need an interior offensive lineman as well. Do they really? How, how well did they did they run the ball? Pretty? I thought they ran the ball well. They didn't have... They, did. they had some injuries, you know. that That's an area to look at. I mean, they're a very strong team overall. They yeah, don't need they, a ton of stuff, really, but they got to build depth. They yeah. got all three wide receivers back, but they're going to want to bring in somebody new as well. Um... You know, when I look in that area, Buffalo, I mean, there's, they basically, they want to bring in, they probably want to bring in somebody big. They got Beasley, they got, uh, who else they got? They just they brought. They got Stefan, oh, Stefan, had a monster year. <laughs> and they got another wide receiver, too, they brought back. So, I mean. Gabriel Davis. You know, but, I mean, the Jets need wide receivers. They need a couple. They're gonna need multiple wide receivers. And, yeah, it's a mistake letting Robbie Anderson go. I think uh, that was a a huge mistake. Huge. They've they've had their issues keeping wide receivers around, or you know, getting wide receivers is all. I mean, they need a quarterback. They need some. They need to protect the quarterback. They need depth for quarterback. Yeah. And then they're gonna need some 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 wide receivers. I'm talking a couple guys, and then you know they're gonna want to go deep. Um, as far as that's concerned, they, they're going to have to get some guys after the draft as well. There's a guy who really caught my attention. He's not from a, a you know, small school. But from Notre Dame, man. Uh, Javon McKinley. Oh, yes. 6'2", 215 pounds. Uh, he's got a seventh round to a priority free agent type of grade on him. So he's going to be a steal. Yeah. Uh, runs in the four, low 4'5 four, range. Um, you know, I didn't get a chance to write down all these uh, pro day numbers that are coming out right now as well. And they're flying in. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I feel like I can't keep track of who's who's testing and who hasn't. I steal sixth, seventh round. Trey Nixon from UCF. Yeah. Um, What's his position? He, he just had a great pro day on April first down there at UCF. Ran a four four three. Jumped the 35 and a half inch vertical. At 18 on the bench. 18 on the bench for a wide receiver at 180 pounds. Yeah, that's pretty so. that's pretty good. I got a uh I got a guy who uh came out uh and tested pretty well at the during his uh uh pro day a couple of days ago. His name is Jeremy Bell. He's a, he's a cornerback out of Charleston. Yes. Yes. Yeah. I did a report on him. I watched. Uh, yeah, he 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 looks like he could be a stud for uh, for any team that wants him. Absolutely. Yeah, he could fit. You know, he could fit the role. If you could get a team like New England, Jeremy Bell could probably work his way in. Specs up there on VFP.football. 
Uh, just a ton of great guys that are either late rounders or undrafted free agents, priority tryout type of guys. But we also have a ton of 2020 undrafted uh, underdogs as well, free agents. And, you know, that brings me to my next guest. I noticed that the BSN, I had a chance to take a look at the uh, list of all the guys' numbers from the BSN combine that they just had uh, right there in March. Uh, and and I noticed this wide receiver Shaq Davidson out of J uh, Jacksonville State really looked pretty good out there. He he had a top five grade out of all the guys there, uh, and I wanted to bring him on to the show. Uh, 26 years old, just had an outstanding performance. Came out of Jacksonville State, uh, 2020 undrafted free agent Shaq Davidson. How you doing, man? Welcome to the show. I'm doing pretty good, man. How are you? Hey, man, hanging in there, brother. Just getting through. Trying to get some interviews in there, and uh, you know, like I said, I seen you uh, at the BSN. I seen uh, your numbers. Coach Jay Wilson sent me over the information. I got the chance to go down all the different uh, drills, and and I noticed you were one of the top wide receivers there, and and, and top five out of all positions. And uh, you know, let, let's talk a little bit about your football career. Uh, you, when you first came out of high school, you were recruited uh, to the South Carolina Gamecocks, right? Yes, sir. I attended the University of South Carolina straight out of high school. And, and and did you play at all there? I didn't. I had battled injuries early in my career. My first two years, I had torn ACL, one on my left leg, the first one, and the second one on my right. And it led to me transferring due to the injuries and the coaching change. So I ended up at Jacksonville State. And when you transferred from uh, South Carolina to Jacksonville State, what would you say the biggest difference was between the two colleges? Uh, I say the difference was um, coming from South Carolina, man, you had guys, like three or four guys at every position. Um, but when I got to Jacksonville State, um, it was kind of the same because we had guys transfer in from Clemson, Alabama, Auburn. But different was the weight program, I would say. Um, it wasn't as, as big, but we got the job done. And you got to play every year there? Uh, uh, when you transferred there, you were a freshman. Did, did you get to play your freshman year at Jacksonville? Yes, sir. I, I broke the rotation um, my first year there. We had a rotation going. And my second year, I ended up starting all 12 games there. And my my last year there, I played about four or five games. Well, I know you said uh, 2018, right? You, you missed half the season due to an illness. Uh, you had mono or something. And then you came back for the postseason, and you had three touchdowns against uh, Eastern Tennessee, right? Uh, yeah. Take me through that performance, that that playoff performance, and what was that like to get back on the field and be able to, to make three big scores there? And it was big for me, man. I was kind of down not being able to play. Um, like I say, I've been sitting out a lot of my career due to injury, but it was killing me because this was just an illness and I felt good. I didn't realize that it was that big of a deal but they still helped me out. But it felt great to get back out there and be able to help my team, man. I scored three touchdowns. Uh, the only three offensive touchdowns for my team as we came back to win. 
And would you say that was your biggest game there? Yes, sir. I would say that was my biggest game there. And in all of college, who was the toughest defensive back you ever faced? Uh, I would either say um, Tredavious White from LSU. Oh, yeah. I, I would say him. Or a guy that I was going up against, um, Chris Lamont. He was at the University of South Carolina with me. He was pretty tough. And like I said, I seen you just got back uh, from the BSN last month. Uh, you had a great performance. I noticed you had a nice uh, 34 and a half vert. You know, what really stood out to me as well was you, was was 20 times on the bench at 225, which is great for a wide receiver under 200 pounds. Um, you know, pro agility of 434. Um, tell me what first... Tell me a little bit about your training leading up to the combine. Is the training leading up to the combine different from, let's say, training for for uh, games? Well, definitely. But with this COVID stuff going on, man, one of my um the guy that was helping train me, he had to shut his building down, so I really was training by myself, and it was kind of difficult. But I had to get it done, man, because I'm trying to make it to the next level, you know. But yes, I um. I hit the track every day, try to work on my 40, and I would hit the field to work on my shuttle and my um, three-cone three drill. But like I say, I did everything pretty much by myself leading up to the combine. And, and 20 on the bench, have you always uh, been able to put up a lot on the bench? Man, I, I would like to give that credit to my trainer, man, um, Coach Clint McClary. Yeah. Um, he helped me out a lot on the bench, man. I never thought I would get that many reps, but yeah, it's very good for a wide receiver. I mean, yeah. you see, uh, you yeah. see some uh, defensive linemen that don't have that at times. So, um, you know, that's great. And did you do a lot of blocking at Jacksonville State? Uh, did you play any special teams? I played on the hands team, and I, my first, my first year or two there. I wasn't very big on blocking, but my coach installed it in me that if I wanted to be the best or great wide receiver, that I would have to get more effort in a blocking game. So the at the end of my second year there and my last year there, I really picked up on the blocking scheme and I really gave more effort. I feel like I had sales on that part. And going back to the combine, what, what what's a what's the drill you feel you did the best on, and what's an area you you think you can improve upon? Um, like you say, I think I did the best on my bench. Like, didn't nobody expect that out of me. I was more one of the smaller guys in the receiver group, so everybody was kind of surprised when I hit the twenty, and I had the most out of the receivers. Um, and. I can do some improvement on my 40. Um, my top speed is there. I just have to work on my start, my first 10. And if I can get that first 10 yards down, then I think that'll be another place I can excel at. And when you were at the event or after the event, uh, did you talk to any scouts from NFL or CFL teams? Um, I want to say Montreal. I've been in communication with one of their scouts. Said he would um keep in contact contact with me throughout this 
this spring and that's about that's about it and I know you mentioned the pandemic and, uh, you know, it was a tough year to do the training. Like you said, you weren't able to get with your normal trainers or anything. Uh, but but how did you stay uh, physically in football shape and, and keep your mentality good during during the pandemic? What's what's some things you were able to do maybe at home or, or wherever you had to do it? Well, my little cousin is actually ch- chasing the same dream as me, um, me, him and another one of our friends. Like, get together each and every day man we hit the field probably in the morning time hit the weight room then even later on go back and hit the field again so we try to keep a tight schedule and like we just competed against each other and pushed each other and that's how we got through it yeah it's good to have other people around other guys that are playing ball uh, at a high level that you can play against and practice against, you know, that's very important. At least even have just one guy that you can go against. But, um, you know, how important is film study to you? Uh, You know, not only on game day, but in general. Man, film study is very important. I didn't really learn and understand how to watch film till I got to college. But once I learned and understood how to watch it, um, it played a big part for me. Absolutely. And now you're able to get film and you can put it on your phone and you can bring, you know, there's no excuse anymore. You don't, you know, you get high quality film right on iMovie these days. So um, going back to your training and your health, is there any vitamins or nutrients or something in your diet that really helps you perform at a peak performance? Um, you know, how do, how do you keep yourself in, in peak performance? And over this last year, man, I've just been big on my diet. I've rather been meal prepping throughout the year, um, trying to help take care of my body. Um, I, like I said, I did meal preps. I also been doing a little bit of yoga and Pilates to help with injury pre- prevention. It's very important, um, both for the mentality and for the flexibility as well. Uh, just just breathing in general is very good. Being able to stay in the moment right there, you can really, um, you know, to be able to center your mind like that. And, you know, know a lot of guys are getting into it now. It's very important. Uh, Basically, I guess, tell GMs and scouts, coaches, anybody from NFL or CFL teams, why Shaq Davidson would be a great addition for their organization. Man, I would like to say I'm a team player. Um, I've always put the team first. Um, I can win a one-on-one matchup. I can do whatever you need me to do. Um, I would say I got great hands, um, great routes. I, I would say my play style is like a Stefan Diggs type of player. And I'm going to go out there and give you the effort, man. Like, whatever you need me to do, I'm going to do it. Absolutely, man. And, uh, you know... Just keep working, keep training. Uh, what's next on the agenda? Is you, do you just want to go somewhere and get some film, or you know, I'm, are you interested in maybe going to CFL when they do finally get it started? Is the XFL something that you you would consider? Right now, man, I just want to play some ball, man. I don't care if it's CFL, XFL, NFL. Right now, I just want to get back on the field and just show what I can do, and maybe we can go from there. 
No, I mean, even, even you know, you look at the NAL or something like that at the arena, and, hey, some guys get to go from the arena, they make it back into the NFL. We've seen it with the Rams quarterback in the playoffs last year. It happens. It's a rare case scenario. But the thing is, is the film is pretty good. As long as they can get it going, the film looks pretty good. I was just helping a guy on a New Jersey flight. His film looks good. His pictures look good. If you could get that, it's only an eight-game season this year. So, you know, you go there for a quick eight games, get get what you need, and then hopefully it leads to the CFL. Because a lot of times arena can lead to CFL or even lead to NFL in, in some case scenarios. Um, after last year, these teams are going to be doing their research, going to be looking for guys really deep because they don't want to have a, a repeat of last year where they're, where they're stuck with only the guys they have brought into the organization over the last three seasons so they're going to do their homework nfl cfl scouts stay up on them i'll put all your film together with 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 your interview i'll put it you know side by side so so everybody could see it and uh just tell people where they can find you on social media i'm on twitter um my, my twitter name is ace underscore boogie underscore four and on Instagram, my name is Shaq Davidson 4. Awesome, man. And, and I look forward to you. I think you're going to make it, man. I think you're going to be wind up somewhere. Hopefully, we get some more opportunities going. But a 2020 undrafted underdog looks like a hell of a player. I uh, should be seeing him at the next level. Shaq Davidson, thanks for coming on the Victory Formation Podcast. Thank you, man. I appreciate you for having me, man. Hey, anytime, man. Have a good night. You too.